Hey, Dad. What, Jake? What did one elevator say to the other? I don't know what. I think I'm coming down with something. Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 145, and I am your host, Stephen Dutzman, as always. This is the official video game and board game podcast for EngagedFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week, it's back to normal, sort of, but I am rejoined by my lovely wife, Jenna. Hello, everyone. And this week, we're going to get back and talk about video games, just like I promised. Um, For those of you uh, who are new to the show, welcome. And um, if you are joining us and might be interested in uh, going back an episode, I definitely would recommend that. Uh, Last week, I I episoded, I interviewed Steve Jackson, the legendary Steve Jackson of Steve Jackson Games fame, fame, and it was awesome. Did you listen to it, honey? No, she didn't. But that's okay. She was kind of like there while I interviewed the guy, so it's fine. Um, It was a great interview. Uh, He gives some cool advice. And he talked about his Kickstarter, which is currently still live. So definitely listen to episode 144 when you're done with this one. But today, uh, we're going to talk about a game that has been a point of contention in our house for a little bit of time. Um, We're going to talk about Fortnite. Yay, Fortnite. Uh, As you can tell, Jenna is super thrilled to talk about it. Um, It has entered our home, and uh, we both have mixed feelings about it, although I think we might actually agree on some things. So uh, that should be interesting. But we're also going to give you information about what it is, what it means, uh, how big of a deal it is, um, before we talk about just our opinions. So um, before we go too much farther... I do want to take a moment to thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, we do hope that the games you've been playing have been great. Uh, I can say that the games I have been playing have been awesome. I haven't played a bad game in a while. Um, we want to make the podcast more interactive, so please feel free to reach out to us on social media, like sending us a private message on our Facebook page. That's engagefamilygaming.com slash Facebook. And uh, let us know any comments, questions, feedback, and topic suggestions, because uh, the coming weeks are um, going to be, you know, a little dry. So, um, why don't we start, as we uh, have in the past, but we haven't really done this in a while, um, why don't we go around the horn? Sounds good. So, you, very recently, um, finished. you finished The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, on the 3DS, That was not recently, but yes, I did. Well, compared to when you played your last video game, (laughs) um, it was recently. And since then, you took some recommendations, um, and uh, from me specifically, and uh, you've been playing a little bit of Bravely Default, so why don't you tell everybody about it? Well, I I think the very, very last time we were here, we talked about it briefly, but um, Bravely Default is, I believe, by Square Enix. Um, Is it by Square Enix? It's published by Square Enix. It's actually developed by a company called Acquire. Okay. But it's published by Square Enix. It is... I like it because it feels like an old Final Fantasy X. I like the way that it plays. I like the way that you battle. I like the fact that I can play for a little bit of time, 
pause the game, not feel like I really, you know, missed anything, go back and pick it up and keep playing. Um, it's super cute. The characters are really cute. Um, it's, it's It works, like I said, a lot like a Final Fantasy game. You grind. It pretty much is. It feels like a Final Fantasy I mean, game. it's absolutely a Final Fantasy. I mean, it... <laughs> It is, um, there are two games in the series now. You're playing the first one, Bravely Default, and then there is a Bravely Second. Um, it borrows very heavily from the Final Fantasy mythos. With that said, Final Fantasy, at least the sort, like, the fantasy Final Fantasies, do have a lot of, like, fantasy tropes. So it's not, you know, like, wizards and paladins and stuff like that. So it's not like it's impossible to, you know, to, for them to kind of be original, but, like, just everybody kind of apes on the same stuff but I mean there are time mages and there are red mages and there are phoenix downs I mean yeah um, some so, of that is very similar and I like the I like the job system I like the way that it works in this game I like that you can train under one job and, and not really so far I mean I'm, I haven't played for very long but so far I haven't lost the path of the game like you took over infamously my Final Fantasy X uh, you, bring, you have brought this because, up on so no, many podcasts. No, because of the choices that I made and because of the way that I, I, I played the characters, in this game it doesn't feel like you can really do that. You can't like screw up how you play the characters because you can just keep changing your jobs. And Yeah, I mean, in, in this train. game, absolutely. In this game, you could. Um, Final Fantasy X had the sphere grid right. where you could take characters down the wrong path. And I recall doing that. Right. And you were uh, you did things a little bit differently. So um, I do remember you call me out on this all the I'm time. I'm not calling you out. I'm just bringing um, up the fact that but this, in this game case, is harder to go down a wrong path that you can Because then you can just correct. go backwards a little bit and right. grind some more and you'll catch up. Um, I, I agree. Um, I think this is one of the games... That I think, you know, in a few years when we settle down and make, like, the best games on the 3DS list, um, I'm pretty sure that Bravely Default's going to be on there. Um, it's standing the test of time for me. I really enjoy it. Um, admittedly, we are a pro role-playing game in this house, so there is that. Um, but it is a lot of fun. It's an interesting story. And it's I'm a little bit playing. of a it's a little bit of a slog towards the end, but you're not quite there yet. Not even close. Yeah, not even a little bit. So, speaking of games made by a choir, I think this is a reasonable segue. Uh, I've been playing Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch, which is another game made by a choir. So this is the follow up for them to Bravely Default, and it is very very good. It is. It looks very similar. It's. I mean. The, the artwork's a little bit different in that. Oh, it's significantly different. I mean, we we have to call it like it is. Graphically, Octopath Traveler is somewhat unique um, in that nothing's ever looked like it. Uh, basically, what it does is it takes a 16-bit art style, like from what a Super Nintendo game would be, but uh, essentially kind of tips it over on its side and makes it like a 3D diorama and then adds in things like volumetric lighting. So there's things like shadows and, um, you know, god rays... Is that what they call those? Yeah. Yeah, God rays, um, you know, while you're walking through forests. And also, snow, sand, and water are all done in 3D. Right, which is, uh, it's really weird. Part of it is, like, hyper-realistic, and then you're watching these 16-bit characters walk around through this world. It's, 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 it's jarring sometimes. I admit that. It is jarring. There are some, but at the end, but I love the way that it is done. I hope this is an art style that a choir just takes and just makes a ton of them. And considering how well... 
this game has sold, they actually had to uh, make a formal apology in Japan because they didn't make enough physical copies of the game. Um, they, they vastly underestimated how fast this game was going to sell. Um, it is very good. Now, I do have some things to say. I was going to say, let's talk about the family-friendly Yeah, let's talk about that. So, okay, one. so this game uh, is about eight different characters. Um, I have now found all eight of the characters. Um, and what's interesting is all eight characters have their own individual story arcs that really don't interact with each other. This is, um, as I've said on other shows, and I'll say it here, this is the story of a LARP team or a Dungeons & Dragons party. Um, these characters are connected on the most tenuous basis, right? Like, they're just there. And it's like, hey, I'm this goody-two-shoes religious cleric, and I'm on a religious pilgrimage. Oh, and I found this guy who's a thief. Yes, I will absolutely help defend you to the death as we go into this rich person's house and try and steal their stuff. Right. Which, on its own, makes no sense. But this really, the, the, I think this is eight different shorter stories. Um, the real real place where it shines is in the way the characters interact and, and the, the, the different class system. Now let's talk about the different characters. Now that I have played through all of them, um, most of them are relatively tropey. You have a you know a knight who's on a uh, uh, who's on a quest to find you know to avenge his king. Um, one of the characters is a dancer. Now when I say a dancer, um, I don't mean in the ballet kind, uh, if y'all know what I mean. Um, and uh, she is a uh, lady of the evening. Right. Um, and that centers around the very beginning of her story. Um, I have not finished this game. It is long. Um, however, um, in the very beginning, um, she is called some very inappropriate names and things like that. So um, this game is rated T for a reason. Um, I think that y- you should definitely play with caution. One thing that is that is possible with this game that I think makes things a little bit better is you don't have to play everyone's stories. You don't, Um, but some of the other characters interact if she's in the party with her in any way. Not really. Well, I will tell you that our 12-year-old son said that one of the characters was very pervy towards her just for watching for a few minutes. I don't know. We're talking about a different game. No, I don't think so, but that's okay. So... I mean that no 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 it's not okay. I need to be very specific. There is not a moment of this game that has been played that I have not been behind the controls and no one in the party has interacted with her at all. This is actually a point of contention with the whole game in that you have this party and they don't talk to each other. Okay. So if he is saying that, he I might be talking about other people. I, I don't know. I don't know what he was talking about, but he, he either stopped he was watching a video and told me he had to stop watching it. And or it was you playing, and he said he had to stop watching it. Okay. And I don't know specifically what he was talking about, but he said that this game is not. It's for rated him. T for teen. Yeah. I don't know that I necessarily. I mean, and we can talk about him. I mean, the reality is he's almost thirteen. So, um, but it's rated T for teen for a reason, and a lot of it is based on, um, you know, there there obviously is violence. Um, and there is some language, um, specifically some of the language that is used towards her. And she is, you know, the opening part of her story, at least, is very much centered on around the fact that she is a lady of the evening. And she owns it and is using that to be close to, um, her, you know, I don't want to spoil everything, but she's doing it on purpose. Um, and so it's challenging, um, I think, and will be for some folks. Um, with that said, 
Um, mechanically, it is awesome. So this is one of those things, maybe play through the story parts, and if you want to share the combat piece, um, I think that's more than cool. Because the combat piece is really where this game shines. Um, so that is Octopath Traveler. Um, it's been a while since we've gone around the horn, so I'm going to knock out and talk about some of our other... Because we've had a swarm of indie games come into the house. Um, so shout out your comments as we have them. Let's talk about 20XX, which is um, a multiplayer, procedurally generated Mega Man X clone um, with online multiplayer. Um, we had that game. It was sent to us. Uh, thank you to the developers. Um, this game is really good and will very likely be one of my games of the year by the end of the year. Um, I really like it. It is fun. Um Mega Man has never been a multiplayer game. So to make a game that feels like Mega Man X, which is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, um, and make it fresh and new and interesting and just, you know, give me a reason to keep playing is pretty rad. Um, I know you had thoughts on it while we were playing it. No, I, I have, you know that I have a problem with the repetitive music sounds, the, the noise, the sound on the game got to me but it does on all of those type of games it's very hard to sit and watch somebody play a game like that it's not entertaining there's not a lot of i mean i i watch games differently that's not there's not a story involved i thought it was mega man when i first saw you playing i mean except for the fact that it's a is it a girl uh i think so i don't, I don't really know, know. I, anyways i thought i thought it was mega man when i saw saw you playing it and in and of itself it looks like a good game the kids enjoyed watching you it just it's a little. I mean, it's definitely not your jam. No, it's um, not. And it's, when it's, we... it's a little loud. And it's a little noisy, and it's it's just not something that, as a person sitting in the living room viewing the main TV in the house, it's not fun to watch. I think but that's... It, I think it plays well. I mean, I enjoy watching it, but I think that's just the difference between you and I. Um, fair warning: when I do pick up the Mega Man like Mega Man X Legacy Collection, you might want to find another place to play then, um, because that game. Man, I can't wait. Um, so anyway, um, so that is twenty XX. It's twenty bucks. It's available on just about everything. PC. It's been on PC for a while. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Um, they have a third character that's being added to the game uh, at some point within the next year or so, um, which is super rad. I actually played as that third character while I was at PAX East uh, a while ago. Is that available via or will be? Available it's going to be a free DLC? download. Oh, free. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be a free download. So. To my understanding. Um, but even if it was paid, it would probably be worth it since it's a super rad character. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be free DLC. This is a really cool game, inexpensive package, and because it's procedurally generated, um, it never ends. Um, you know, th the cost to that is that there's no sense of progression. You can't really beat it, but um, you can definitely get better at the game. Um, so that is 20XX. I haven't talked about Rainbow Skies yet um and um i i think now's a good opportunity because i haven't gone around the horn in a while rainbow skies is uh, a turn-based uh jrpg um that is uses like a grid-based combat system um their characters you're choosing abilities for them um it is cool um i really hate the controls they are distracting um, and they actually make the combat less fun. Um, and the reason that I hate the controls, you would think this is just a, a you know a grid-based combat game, and you know I love grid-based combat games. Um, it, the 
um, rather than like moving a cursor around and like selecting it and having characters move, you actually have to press directions on the D-pad. Um, and the, the, the field of view is kind of viewed isometrically, meaning you're like kind of above and to the right. And there are times where you just push the wrong button and you screw up whole fights. And I've lost fights because I accidentally moved in the wrong place um, because it's not an easy game. Um, it's, it's cute. You know, some of the monsters are kind of neat looking. Um, but I'm really struggling with the controls um, compared to the difficulty. It's a relatively inexpensive game. It is a sequel to a game called Rainbow Moon, um, which is on PS3 um, and Vita. Um, so it's Rainbow Skies. Here's my recommendation. If you are hungry for a like a grid-based strategy-style game, I think Rainbow Skies is a reasonable pickup. Um, you just need to be very careful with the controls. Um, we're going to have a review on the site shortly. Um, I want to put a few more hours into it um, to really be certain. Um, you know, and, and you know, now that I've finished most of it, I want to get a little bit more time with it. But uh, we'll have a review of that soon. But this is really reserved for those that really want a turn-based strategy game. Um, lastly, I want to talk about Bomb Chicken. Oh, boy. So you say, oh, boy, but that game was fun. The kids enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed it. So here's the premise of Bomb Chicken. It's really silly. You were a chicken that instead of laying eggs, you lay bombs. In fact, you can lay stacks of bombs, which help uh, because you don't have a jump button. Um, you cannot jump. The only thing you can do is lay a bunch, lay a stack of bombs, and like kind of walk off of it. And because you're a chicken, you can glide a little bit. Um, and this is a puzzle platformer. 100% puzzle platformer. There are some timing-based segments, but a lot of this is, you know, puzzling your way through. One of the things you can do is you can actually kick the bombs. If you make a stack and jump off of it, you can kick the whole stack. Um, it is. It looks a little bit fancier than uh, 16-bit graphics. The music is fun, and dude, at the end of the day, you're you're a chicken laying bombs. Yes. Um, and the animation of the chicken, this like fat spherical basically chicken laying a bomb egg and like using it to propel itself upwards is hilarious it's 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 funny the kids really enjoyed it they got giggly and a little crazy and a little silly but they did play um everyone tried their their hand at it even the five-year-old um she didn't do so good i didn't yeah she did not i didn't know what the game was actually hadn't seen you play it i came home from work to find the kids playing it and i was like I don't understand why there's a game where the objective is to kill the chicken. Because that's what it looked like the objective was. Because they couldn't get through a level without killing the chicken. He's like, no, 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 that's not what the game's about. You're a chicken with bombs. I'm like, I, I, you guys are really bad at this game. I mean, they are bad. Well, here's the thing. The game is hard. It's not that they're bad. It's that the game really is not easy. Is it, is it hard yeah, or it's... is it mom hard? No, it's hard. Um... <laughs> It is a challenging game. I, with that said, I enjoy it. It is very forgiving. There's a really nice checkpoint system. Um, you know, there are a lot of levels in this game. Um, you know, so it, it, but dying really doesn't hurt you too much, uh, which I think is important. Um, they encourage ex- experimentation. Uh, there's only been a few times I've had to resort to like guides and stuff online, which is saying something. Um, so that's that's Bomb Chicken. Um, it's 15 bucks. It's right now. It's on the Switch. I'm presuming it's going to come to everything. Bomb Chicken is really freaking good, dude. 
it's really good. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like on a game of the year list or anything. Um, I think that's kind of reserved for a, you know, like a special place. But um, it's really good. It's $15, and I really can't say enough good things about it. You play anything else? Board games. No, nothing. My daughter's been on a board game kick recently. Well, we're going to save those for the post-Gen Con thing. But I do want to talk very briefly about my new obsession. Oh, the cat game. The kitty game, as my daughter The kitty game uh, that I discovered today on the Facebook. Don't mind me while I open one of my loot chests. Well, what's the name of the game? I have to look it up. Oh. It's called Cat Cafe. Um, and basically, what you are is you are a barista, but instead of serving coffee, you serve cats, but not like in a food kind of way. Basically, <laughs> you have a whole bunch of cats, and people come into your cafe who are looking for very specific things. Like this person, I'm playing this game literally while I'm talking, this person really wants like a fancy cat. So you have a cat, I have a cat named Muffin. And I just drag Muffin up to him, and they hang out, and they snuggle. And this person wants a lovable cat. So I have Bonchan, and I give Bonchan to this little poor, this this nice little lady. And this guy wants another fancy cat. And I don't have one, but that's fine. I can just give him one of my other cats. And by completing those, by, by completing, you know, pairings and giving people, um, you know, the opportunity to play with your cats, you earn hearts. The hearts give you access to these uh, little, like, baskets the baskets give you loot that you then use to level up your cats, which means they can make people happier, which means you get more hearts, which blah, blah, blah. This is very much a um, one of this is very much one of those games like the 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 like the baskets that you get over time. Like in the beginning, they were like they take a minute to open and now they're taking two hours to open. It's one of those games. It's a mobile app. It's definitely a free to play mobile app. With that said. Um, I did hand it to Megan, and she totally played it the whole time, basically, while we were playing, uh, while we were watching Avengers today. Right. Um, and because it's simple to control, it's adorable, um, and it's Cat Cafe, it's free on iOS. Here's what I would say. Um, there's really not too many ways to spend money, as long, I mean, if you're not looking for them, and you could, there's really no consequence to just sitting there and, like, matching people up with cute cats. Um, and it's free, guys. So... You know, if you like cats or if you have a kid that is obsessed with kittens and wants 10 kittens when they're older. <laughs> she does um, want to be a crazy cat lady. She does lady want to be a crazy cat lady. Um, She's told people that. It's very funny. Yeah. This is, it's, and they're, they're cute. You know, I mean, this is not going to change anyone's life. Um, we're probably going to delete it in a few, in a few days. Um, although maybe not because she likes playing it. Um, so that's Cat Cafe. Um... And yeah, you've played a lot of board games, but we're going to talk about that in our post Gen Con episode when we get Linda and Rob on here, and the four of us will all talk about some of that stuff because Gen Con's going on literally as we record this. Right. Oh boy. And so, um, why don't we take a break, and then when we come back, we got a whole bunch of questions from the community about Fortnite. Sounds good. It's it, it's intense. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. You think we're going to be able to do it? I'm sure we can. I'm sure we will. So, folks, we'll be back in a minute. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 145 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. It's still Steve and Jenna here, um, and it's video game week. 
we just went around the horn. Um, and now we're on to our topic. But before we do that, Jenna, I have a piece of trivia for you. You do, huh? I do. Okay. Um, what was the best-selling piece of video game hardware, specifically hardware, in the month of June of 2018? So last month. Well, it's technically August 1st, but whatever. Yeah. The month before last. Okay, so knowing you and your love of Nintendo, it's got to be the Switch. It is not the Nintendo Switch. Huh. Good guess. What about um, a 3DS? Because that'd be just funny. It's funny, but it's not the 3DS. Well, I figured maybe it's the summertime and parents are buying things to keep the kids entertained. They, right. they, I'm guessing that people are buying things to keep themselves entertained, yes. All right, so... Do you want me to just tell you? Nope. All right. I'm still going to guess. June. Oh, hey, I know. What? The, the uh, NES Classic came back out. You're right. And the NES really? Classic was the number one selling piece of video game hardware. Nah. In June, it absolutely was, according to the NPD. Um, which well, I guess is, that it's price point. You, you can't. It's argue. hard to argue. Sixty bucks is it? Sixty bucks? Yeah, know. it's sixty bucks. The the SNES was eighty. Okay. So at sixty bucks, the NES Classic. There are a lot of people that did not get one the first, uh, because time, around. The first time around. Fortunately, we did. Thank you. That uh, You're to welcome. you In to my you and your insomnia target run. That you that you bailed on it being a secret literally an hour after I woke I, up. I know I couldn't keep it a secret, but I, it's what happens when you wake up at the crack of dawn and you're not feeling well. You just go to Target and, and, and you go to Target and buy it. Um, so um, so that's an interesting piece of trivia just for those wow. people that might. If you want to ask your kids. Um, as long as they're not listening, because it kind of defeats the purpose. But that's one that is going to catch everybody by surprise. Very interesting. So, um, but that's not our topic. Really, no. we're going to talk about Fortnite. Um, Fortnite is taking the world by storm. Um, Epic and it Games has been, for and it has been for a while. Months. Months. Um, it's making about three hundred million dollars a month, which is pretty impressive for a game that's free. Right. Um, so we thought we would talk a little bit about what Fortnite is, um, and then we would talk about what our experience as a family has been with Fortnite, because we, now we're about a week in. Um, and then um, we got a whole bunch of questions in the community um, that you can find at engagefamilygaming.com slash community. Um, and we thought we would go ahead and answer you know a bunch of those questions, whichever ones we could get to. So let's talk about what Fortnite is. Um, so first off, for those of you who are interested, head on over to Engage Family Gaming and search Fortnite, um, and you'll actually find two articles. One of them is a parent's guide to Fortnite, and the other one is a beginner's guide to Fortnite. Um, the parent's guide goes over some of the you know the nuts and bolts. How much is it? Where you can you play it? Is there voice chat? How, how do you pay for it? Etc. The beginner's guide is if you want to play and you want to be competitive, this is how you begin to learn about Fortnite theory. Um, this game is the biggest deal in gaming in 2018. Um, I suspect that it will continue that way into 2019. It is cannibalizing every... I mean, it's eating everybody else's lunch. Cannibalizing is probably a little dark. It's eating everybody else's lunch, though. Um, all sorts of other online-focused games like League of Legends, Dota 2, Overwatch... Team Fortress, um, all of these games are seeing their viewership on YouTube and Twitch drop and their concurrent players 
last year, the dominant game of the hour was PUBG, which we've talked about briefly before. It's an M-rated game, but it's just another Battle Royale-style game. Um, that game, at its peak, had 3 million concurrent players on Steam, which is a PC um, marketplace. Now, it's struggling to get 1.3. Now, admittedly, 1.3 million concurrent players is a lot, but... Um, Fortnite puts in ridiculous numbers. Um, so, well, what is first of all you described it as a battle royale game? What is that? So, a battle royale game is um, it, there's actually it's a whole genre, um, but basically, a battle royale game is where a player, or more appropriately, a large group of players, are dropped onto a map with limited resources, and their job is to both explore the map. Find resources like new weapons, ammunition, etc., um, and then be the last man standing. So, um, Hunger Games. It is very similar to Hunger Games. Um, with that said, it is also very similar to a uh, movie that was made in Japan called Battle Royale, <laughs> Fair um, which is literally a group of teenagers dropped in. Like, it's Hunger Games before Hunger Games was Hunger Games. I don't know that Hunger Games was specifically inspired by that. I don't know the history, but. Battle Royale is a hundred teenagers dropped onto a map and the last man standing wins. Um, maybe not a hundred, but it's a lot. Um, PUBG is a hundred players. Uh, Fortnite is a hundred players. Um, you know, Call of Duty is going to have a Battle Royale mode. Um, Battlefield is going to have a Battle Royale mode. Um, there's a medieval one called Realms Royale, um, which we have not played, but I'm sure I'm going to eventually because it sounds... Very interesting. Um, I'd be surprised if World of Warcraft doesn't add a Battle Royale mode in their next expansion at some point. Well, I mean, they had something similar in the game. They did, and I argue, and this is a deep cut, but for those of you that played World of Warcraft back in the day, I would argue that Alterac Valley, the 50-on-50 mode, was, I think it was 40-on-40, but whatever, I would argue that that was absolutely pretty pretty close. Um, But I think that having it either way it doesn't matter um so anyway so so that's a battle royale game fortnite is um it's you said it's free it is free um it is available on here's the reasons why this is part of the reason why it's successful it's free it's available on everything uh you start as a character uh you are uh given the ability to drop onto a map you actually skydive out of a battle bus which is a bus that's attached to a hot air balloon um you skydive onto a map um, and on the map are guns, ammunition, building materials, grenades, potions, etc. Um, and the idea is that you gather resources and eliminate opponents. Um, and the thing that sets Fortnite out uh, apart from a number of other games in the genre is that Fortnite is about building and base building. So you are chopping down trees and you know using a, a big pickaxe to chop down trees and knock down walls to collect bricks and chop up cars to collect metal that you, towards the end of the game, use to build giant towers to give yourself elevation advantage, but also to give yourself, essentially, armor, because your opponents have to shoot through the build, the walls that you build. Um, it's exciting, it's interesting, um, you know, and everyone right now, at least in the United States, either plays it or has an opinion about it. Fair enough. So, um... The advantage, I think, I mean, it's rated T, um, compared to some of the other games, is it is cartoony, very cartoony. Um, it's made by Epic, 
they have made a number of other games. Um, specifically, they used to be responsible for the Gears of War franchise, but that that was a, another lifetime. Um, but uh, it's a very polished experience, meaning there's not a lot of bugs. Things work like they're supposed to, unlike other games in the genre that are just kind of being thrown together. Um, like PUBG is still, you know, broken, whereas Fortnite is not. Right. In the same way. Um, also, it's free. And it's available on phones and all the major consoles and PC. Right, including the Switch. Including the Switch. Okay. And another... So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Another interesting factoid about Fortnite um, is, with the exception of PlayStation 4, um, players on Xbox, mobile, Switch, and PC can all play together. Um, me And regular... We've actually done this... Um, I have played on the Xbox, and Jake has played on the Switch, and Evan has played on my phone. Um, and we've all been in the same group together. We've only managed to do that once or twice just because, you know, not all of us really want to sit down and play it at the same time, and really none of us like playing it on the phone. Um, but um, it's there. Which is funny because kids at school play it on the phone all the time. They get it taken away from Well, them, I mean, but... you notice that I, I mean, I put up a PSA about it um, months did. ago uh, sitting in an AT&T store parking lot um, just saying, hey guys, listen, kids are playing Fortnite on their phones at school. You got to be aware of it. You got to at least talk to them about it. Right. Um, I just don't like it, but you know what? It's, it is better than nothing. Um, you know, especially if you have a battle pass, um, which is a thing you can, the way they make money is they sell cosmetics Right, skins, which are different ways to make your character look cool, and other things like that. Um, one thing that they've done is that's relatively revolutionary is they sell this thing called the Battle Pass, which is you can spend ten dollars, buy a Battle Pass, and it gives you a series of challenges and a natural progression through all those challenges. Just nets you a bunch of stuff, which is kind of neat. Right. I think. Um, you know, you, you get skins that you can level up and, you know, things like that. It gives you more reason to play the game other than just the act of playing it. So, um, that's Fortnite in a nutshell. Um, I definitely recommend everyone who has not heard of it or played it themselves, go on YouTube, search up Fortnite, look up a video. I think it's worth, I think it's worth five to ten minutes of your time to kind of get an idea what it at least looks like, especially if you have kids. Um, especially if you have younger kids who are going to be growing up in a post-Fortnite world, you want to know at least what they're talking about. Um, and you definitely want to know what they're looking at if it's on their screen, if they're watching it on YouTube or something. It'll be good to know oh, that you're watching Fortnite so that you can either stop it or so at least you know they're watching Fortnite and not something else if you're okay with it. So um, let's talk about our family's experience with it because we're about a week in. Um, and so, well, let's talk about first of all. I didn't want it. I mean, we talked about that before. I did sure. not want Fortnite in the family. Um, I and we've mentioned why. Basically, I don't see the point of a game that is violence for violence' sake. Um, however, with it being so widely discussed and so prevalent, we ended up in a situation where our boys were being left out in social situations because they didn't play the game. Not only left out, they were being made fun of or teased um, because while they knew a lot about the game, just being in our family with the video games as a focus, and they were never allowed to play it. And I resisted for... I, quite I, some time. It came out quite, last September. Right. And I, I people have been asking, the kids have been asking, and people have been asking the kids to play almost all year. 
And I definitely said no, not during the school year. And I would consider it in the summer based on grades and behavior and all kinds of things. And um, the big the big shocker came when we found out that a parent that we know who was very strict in allowing their child access to video games, who is um, who actually ended up playing it and had been playing it fairly regularly, and our boys were not allowed. And it was kind of a, a shock to me that it, it becomes so prevalent that this very, very, very strict, you know, anti-violent video game family had allowed their child to play, and it, uh, our sons were heartbroken. For, um, sake, for sake of information, this family, uh, I, she, the, the mother in this family and I got into, I mean, I don't want to call it an argument, but we d- had a, a discussion because she declared that Minecraft was uh, horrifically violent. Which right. I think, and I, I think is untrue. Um, but I wasn't going to get into a fight with her because, I mean, at the end of the day, if she doesn't want somebody playing Minecraft, then so be it. But, but again, now we're in now a situation where that same parent is letting, letting their play. child play Fortnite. And they went off to Boy Scout camp, and that's the other piece. They went off to Boy Scout camp, and while we were waiting around with all the boys, getting ready to you know get their gear packed up and get ready to check in. Um, all the kids were doing the dances and talking about it and talking about how they were going to miss it and what they were going to do to make up for missing the time on their battle passes. And our boys just kind of sat there. Now, um, should we necessarily cave to peer pressure? pressure? (laughs) Um, You know, are we setting a great example in regards to that? That was something that hit me, right? Like, are we caving to that? And um, I think we are a little. So, I mean, we have to kind of own that. Absolutely. But, um, and I do. Um, but I was kind of pro Fortnite to begin with. Right, um, you were, and um, I, I was the one who kind of just, uh, what, I want to say get tired of fighting it. I mean... I mean, there's part of it. I mean, that, and I think there's going to be a lot of parents that are out there in that vein who, you know, and, and Fortnite's probably not the, you know, Fortnite's not the only game that people argue about, right? Right, but um, I mean, mommy blogs and parent magazines and all kinds of things I mean, Fortnite is is it's legitimately everywhere. So when you are the the holdout, it's really hard not to give into that. You know, I mean, and I think that that's so. This is my the the, the reason I brought that up because we could have just let it go and let you draw your own conclusions, but we wanted to own that um, yep. because to a degree, it is kind of caving to a little bit of peer pressure. With that said, um, we did it. Um, part, as I told the boys uh, when I when I pulled them aside in the middle of camp because we were we went there on a Wednesday for like a family night thing, um, and I pulled them aside and told them that we had kind of made the decision. And I was like, I just want to be clear. Um, your mother relented. She is not excited about this. She's relenting uh, because what we don't want is for our kids to walk into school in the fall. And have like this one relatively simple thing. I mean, this is the equivalent of not watching the Avengers or, you know, something like that. Like this is a pretty big deal. And we wanted to at least give them a baseline of experience, assuming they were responsible about it and good about it. And they, you know, and did their chores and things like that, which I am happy to say in general, Fortnite has been a reasonable currency with which to draw on to get them to do things. Yeah. In yeah. general. I mean, they're kids, so kids do dumb things. I mean, everybody that listens to me on a podcast knows I've said that. Kids do dumb things. But I have to say that it has helped. So I'm not going to continue the discussion about how it's affected our family because there are some specific questions 
from. Yeah, we've uh, definitely people. gone. For, we've definitely gone forever. With that said, I have played with. Well, both no, no. Of I'm them. saying that there are some oh, questions that, that have been asked about how it affects our family. Oh. So I want to read those questions and kind of. Oh, okay, so who's branch from there? Well, first of all, it, it's Linda, our board game editor, um, and she's got two young boys of her own, and she's also a teacher in an elementary school. So. You know, this question is, is is coming from that perspective. Sure. First of all, um, her her this is more the teacher aspect I'd go for. Young kids are playing, and it is rated T for teen. And are there any concerns for content for parents and teachers for these younger players? Well, I mean, at, at the highest level, it's rated T for violence. Because at the end of the day, you are cartoon characters. I think we can agree they're cartoon characters shooting each at each other with AR-15s and rocket launchers and, you know... Pistols. And and pistols and submachine guns and and sniper rifles, etc. So, at its highest level, this is a shooter. Um, So, I think that there is that to be concerned about. Now, counterpoint, there is no blood in this game. There's no blood. Um, Characters that are eliminated... Um, fall over and yeah. a little like satellite thing pops down and like beams them up and right, then they're, they're eliminated. There are no bodies. Um, so it there does is say, that. It does say kill count. I, there is a kill count, but I think it does say in general they refer to them as elimination. But it's a but player. But it's a player elimination. But there is there are kills in there too. So it uses both words, which is if you're concerned about it, that's something you may want to. Um, and also, um, you're playing with a hundred people. And so the vast majority of them will be strangers. Right. And it is very easy to play squads. In fact, if you buy a battle pass, which we did, because um, it's $10 um, and adds a lot to the game. I, I personally recommend it for anybody playing Fortnite. But um, you'll get quests that sometimes say that you need to get a certain win in a squad. And if you're not playing with friends, uh, you may be t- your, your kid may be tempted to do that with randoms, which means he's, they're subjected to randoms on the internet now yeah. that that being said you don't have to hear what people are saying you can very easily mute them the um, instructions are on each console so you could just join a squad and then mute them however that does make the game a much more difficult to play and b sometimes you don't mute them and you can hear what they're saying but your kids can't talk back so we had to address that issue and um get them Oh, yeah, you definitely earbuds. have to mute yourself. Yeah, and we also had to get them earbuds with microphones so that they could interact with the other players. That was something that I was very reluctant to do and, and that I don't necessarily recommend for younger players. I totally um, agree. The only reason we did it is because they were playing with friends. Friends, right. Um, if we, and Because we have traditionally, like, playing... Because we played a lot of Overwatch, which is a team-based multiplayer game. Uh, we were not voice chat people. Right. Um, but this is an exception because the, the one of the reasons that I was really kind of encouraging you to let them play was because they they wanted to play with their friends. Right. And the, two days afterwards, um, Jacob woke up early without a fuss, came downstairs, and was quietly playing Fortnite with one of his best friends. Um, and he was, you know, whereas before he would have come down and probably eaten all of our food and turned on the TV too loud and woken us up. Right. But he was just curled up under a blanket on the couch with the switch playing with his, you know, quietly talking with his friend. Right. Um, which I, you know, so anyway. So, uh, so the that's the is, content. So the, yes. So the content, it, it is there. There is, there is the potential for encounters with strangers. There is violence involved. The second part of her question is, now that I have let my kids play, 
have my feelings about the game, me specifically, have my feelings about the game changed? I am curious. Um, the violence level is much less concerning to me now because I have seen the way that it's played. It's, yes, there's guns. Yes, there's submachines. Yes, there's shooting. But it's not... That's not really the focus of the game. It, it feels almost like... Um, it's not Capture the Flag that I'm thinking of, but it, it feels like a game where it you're... It feels like paintball to me. Not even paintball. It, that's not where I'm going. It, you know, like, back in the day, we used to play games out in the field, and we'd run around, and yeah, okay, so we're playing a video game and not in the field, but we'd run around, and we'd try and get the little um, flags from people's, like, tails, and the last one standing was the winner. It feels like it's that kind of game. You have to think strategically. You have to hide. You have to pay attention to what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. So the violence... Yes, it's there, and yes, it's a overlaying factor to the game, but it kind of seems less violent now the more that I've seen them go into matches. Um, there's a lot of different modes that they can play in. They can play in small groups. They can just play, the boys can play together. Um, they can play with just their friends. They can play in the big, large group. Um, I do like the fact that there's some variety for them to play. However, um, my feelings have changed because of some of the behaviors that the boys have with regards to sportsmanship and playing together. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, that, is true. that may be some of the things that Steven and I agree on with regards to the game. I think it, it brings out some of the, the, the worst in their sportsmanship behaviors. And I think, I mean, the reality is the, the, the only reason that I, that I don't bring that up in necessarily in regards to Fortnite is I think we'd be having the same problem if they were playing Madden. You know, like they are competitive, but they are on a different level competitively uh, because we have the two kids um, who are at vastly different experience levels playing games. Yeah, they're in um, there two and a half years apart. Two and a half years apart, and they are two and a half big years. But right. also, um, Evan tries to play competitively, and so he pays attention to uh, pays attention to optimal strategies, and and Jake does what's cool. Right. And oftentimes that means that he gets a tactical shotgun blast to the back and he falls over and he gets mad. Right. Um, because Evan gets him. And you know what? And I, but I agree. We have definitely had a salt problem. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We have a salt problem when they play Street Fighter. Um, and I well, bet you- that's, that's my point is that some of the more aggressive games they play do lead to their, their competitiveness not being held in check um and it's everything i mean they get that way when they play um super smash brothers they get that way when they play street fighter they get that way yeah so it, it's which is why i didn't want to blame it on fortnite right but it's, is... it's why i didn't want them to play this type of game to begin with and it does in fact reinforce that they that highly competitive more aggressive games do lead their behavior does make their behavior in that sportsmanship kind of go away. Now the good news is they go out they 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 basically get so frustrated with each other and with the game they stop playing, they go outside and they pretend battle royale outside and they running around in the yard and they get all their emotions out and then they're fine. Um but it it is it's just they need that outlet. It the energy in the the adrenaline and the all of that kind of builds up in them. They fight, 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 give up on the game, and then go outside. So um, I don't know if my feelings have changed. I, I, it did reinforce some things. Some things got a little bit more tolerable. 
But that, that's that's okay. that's I can answer your question, Linda. All right. So, what are some of the other questions? All right. So, how many dances do our kids know? Um, um they know two. No, three. That, no, they know. I would say about five of them. Well, I think here's the question: Do they know them, or can they do them? If we well, want to so ask, how which many one? do they know? I would say they. You know, and this is from the man behind the curtain. By this the is way. from the man behind the curtain. Um, how many dances? Do they Let's know? not spend too much time on this. This was clearly a joke. It totally is. Question, but they, it's. I love the fact that a game is getting kids up and moving, and they're just dancing all the time. So there's a foul language comic that we shared on um, the community that was, you know, oh, I was so concerned about them playing this violent video game, and now all they do is dance. They won't stop dancing, and, and that's kind of true. It is absolutely true. Uh, man, so many kids flossing. So many kids flossing. So uh, what other questions do we have? All right. Um, let's see. How has Fortnite affected the video game industry? So, first off, who asked the question? That's Rob Sachs. Rob Sachs. Um, so how has Fortnite affected the video game industry? Um, it's eating everybody's lunch. I talked about that already. Um, Fortnite is huge. Uh, the reality is there's only so many people spending money on video games. I, I mean, it's a free game, but it's making $300 million a month from somewhere, right? So... Um, it's, I mean, that that's it, right? So the, there are a noticeable drop in the number of players in a lot of online multiplayer-focused games. Um, I think that we haven't seen the full impact of this, of Fortnite, because we haven't entered a holiday season with Fortnite in full effect. Right, and you did talk about how other games are trying to scramble to kind of... Well, Keep we up. know that Battlefield's going to have one, but that's next year. Call of Duty is going to have one this right. year. Um, but you can't put a Battle Royale mode in Spider-Man. No. And so this is what we're going to – this is the question is are people going to put down Fortnite to play some of these single-player experiences? I hope so. I, I, um, I think so because – Spider-Man, Red Dead – I mean for us as family gamers, Spider-Man is the big one. Um, but, you know, Red Dead Redemption – I mean, that's coming out this year. So what else we got? All right, so Rob's got a bunch. So the next one from Rob is, do you think Fortnite being a Galaxy Note 9 exclusive for Android is a good or bad thing? I didn't know that that was. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, This isn't... Here's the problem with Android compared to iOS. Um, iOS, you're programming for X number of phones. Apple made... We know all the phones that they have made since the beginning. We know which ones, and so it's a standardized, right? So when you're making an iOS app, you really don't have to make that many different, um, you know, you don't have to accommodate that much, right? It's basically, they all use the same operating system, um, and they all use largely the same hardware. It's just a difference of power. Right. Um, and so being able to accommodate differing levels is fine. Um, I'm not, I don't want to say it's easy and trivialize it, but... It is easier than Android, where the Galaxy Note and the, um, you know, all these, I can't even name them, but there are dozens of different Android phones. Um, And so the fact that they chose one, which is among the more powerful phones, um, also a powerful phone with a giant screen, um, because you can't play this game on a tiny little mobile, like on a tiny little phone. No, my phone wouldn't do it. Your phone wouldn't do it. And and I'm not even talking about the fact that it probably couldn't run it. I'm talking about your screen is too small. Right. Uh, Your screen is too small to play Hearthstone on it, let alone like a a full 3D shooter. Um, So do I think it's a good or a bad thing? Um, There are a lot of Galaxy Notes. Now, 
I was going to say, I don't, I don't even see it affecting the, the amount of people who play the game in my realm of experience. Like this, well, a the lot school of people... that I work at, all of the kids played. So either they all had iPhones well, or they, they probably... all had Samsung well, Galaxy but it's not. But it's not on Android yet. Right. The, one, the kids that were playing it in school already so, were playing on their iPhones. So yeah, I don't think that it's a I don't think it's a bad changer. thing. Yeah. So here's what, what it is missing is Epic clearly decided to pick one piece of hardware to develop for. Um, when folks saw that they were bringing it to Android, like there's a lot of Android games out there. Um, or a lot of Android phones out there. Right. So um, a lot of folks assumed that this was going to be like this giant surge of new players. In this case, it's probably not going to be a giant surge of new players. It's going to be a modest surge of new players because it only uses this one phone. So um, do I think it's a problem? Or, what does it say? Is it is it a, a good, good or, or a bad, bad thing? thing? I think it is neither. Um, more players into a new ecosystem is always good. Um Android players, like, listen, you gotta. It is a challenge to make games for Android because there's so many different phones and they're all completely different. So. But everybody has another system anyway. I mean, not everybody, just, but just, just, like the phone. If the it, it hurts because there are some kids that have not a Galaxy Note that are going to be a little bit bummed on this. But yeah, I mean, our son is one of them. More likely, well, his phone was never going to run this. No, but um, but there, but you know what. Just about every kid who, you know, has the wrong phone probably has a PS4 or an Xbox One or there's a laptop. And this Switch. game does not require anything crazy. Or a Switch. Or a Chromebook. And frankly, um, if they don't have it, they should get a Switch. Okay. So next question, also from Rob. How can a parent determine if Fortnite is appropriate for their child? That's kind of what we touched on with Linda. It's watch really, it. Yeah, watch, watch the Watch a game. YouTube video. Like, literally watch a YouTube video. There are hundreds of hours of Fortnite footage loaded every day. Probably thousands of hours of Fortnite footage loaded every day. Um, look up Fortnite. Um, specifically, uh, there's a streamer named Ninja who does family-appropriate Fortnite streams. Um, just watch it. Right. I, I, 20 and minutes and you'll know whether or not this game is for you. I guarantee if your kids are online watching YouTube videos, um, even YouTube kids, they are seeing their favorite YouTube star play Fortnite. And let's like talk... From, from oh, Dan yeah. TDM. Uh, to to Cookie Swirl C. I mean, there there well, are because you got to go where the views are. There's going to be Fortnite Halloween costumes. Yep. Uh, there are going to be. I just got a press release the other day. There's going to be some premium action figures. Um, so guys, Fortnite is everywhere. So but if you want to know if it's appropriate, just watch it. And this is the same. That's the same answer for everything. Go to YouTube, watch the game. I guarantee you, in ten minutes, you will know whether or not Fortnite is for you and your family. Right. And I can tell you that I was. My five-year-old doesn't get it. She wants to play, but she has no idea what's going on. Um, she's, she's she just messes around on the phone and just she's held the controllers and has tried to build things and she's built lots of big towers. She lo- she loves to chop down cars. Yep, that's all she does. Uh, yep. So she chops down I mean, cars the, and then puts the phone down when she's eliminated. And she's a smart kid and she's completely oblivious to the violence level in it yeah. at all. So I mean that that's. I, I wouldn't get her her own account. I wouldn't necessarily encourage you to have, you know, your five-year-old, like, get the get the adrenaline and the bloodlust going. But it's just, it's to her, it's just a game where you chop down cars and trees and, and, and build towers. Um, anyways, next question. What has been the response, what has the response been to Sony's controversial decision not to allow 
cross-play like all the other platforms. Okay, so this is something we didn't talk about um, directly, but I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, basically, Sony, um, who obviously makes the PlayStation 4, has made the decision that if you have ever played on uh, with, with your Epic account on the PlayStation 4, playing Fortnite, um, that account is locked to the PlayStation. Um, further... Um, players who are playing on PlayStation 4 can cross-play with PC, and they can cross-play with mobile. However, they cannot cross-play with Xbox or Switch. On the other hand, all of those things can play nicely without the PS4. Um, how? What has the reaction been? The reaction has been exactly what you would predict. Gamers want everything. They want it free, and they want it exactly how they want it. So... Um, there have been a lot of people who have been yelling at Sony saying that they are making a mistake, that they need to do it, that they should do it. Um, it's not going to happen. Um, Sony has sold 80 some odd million PS4s. There's not a lot of other people playing it. Uh, there's not a lot, you know, they, 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 they can, they have their own market. Um, and they have no need to allow people to play. Um, so there have been a lot of people mad because gamers are entitled in general. Um, but they're not going to budge. And frankly, um, it really doesn't affect a lot of folks. PlayStation 4 players have plenty of people to play with, and everybody else um, has plenty of people to play with. So that's that. All right, next comment is from Jay Goldwaite, and it's more of a comment than a, than a question. Um, he likes playing the Save the World part, but everyone he plays with sounds like they're under 10. Um, many people there seem to be there to trade and scam. Some people get mad and just leave if you don't trade. There's no system for trading. You just drop your stuff. They take it and log off. Um, unfortunately, I've never, I've never played that mode. So save the world mode is the actual like save the world mode is actually the way the game was originally designed. designed right. Um, and ha- so this, this battle royale mode was like done. I'm guessing as kind of a joke, you know what I mean? Like, they really didn't expect it to be anything. This was just a thing to throw out there while they were still developing the Save the World mode um, to maybe make a few bucks and, you know, get some laughs out of. I don't think they expected it to change their company into an $8 billion company, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, uh, it's not meant for trading. That's This is not Diablo. Um, this is a, you know... So and yeah. you just gotta prep your prep your family, prep your kids for it. People are kind of rude online. Um, and but and the fact that everybody sounds like they're ten—that's because they're probably ten. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of kids playing this game, and one of the things that you do realize when you're hearing your friends, your kids play with their friends online, is that ten-year-olds, nine-year-olds, twelve-year-olds. They kind of lack a filter for polite behavior. They don't know yet what's acceptable and what's not. So you have to get up and, and go do something for your mom. Your friends are going to drop you and join another group. And that's just how it's going to be. It's not polite. It's not nice. But they're kids. So, yeah, surprisingly, yeah, there's a lot of kids playing this game. And you're going to have to deal with that behavior. And it's a good idea to prepare your children for some of the not best behavior of the other people that you're playing online with. We've talked a lot about, you know, your online, what's the, what's the word we're looking well, for? I talk online about, citizenship. I talk about and, digital citizenship. Yeah, right. the, the reality is there are a lot of kids that this is their first online game. And, and they just man, don't know. are some of them jerks. Our, our, our son made some pretty bad mistakes when he first started playing Minecraft online with people. He didn't know. He went into their chests and took stuff. He's like, well, it's there. I can use it. And 
we had to, you know, have some good lessons about what is proper online playing and, and what's not proper. So take that opportunity and, and use it as a lesson for your kids about digital citizenship. Um, absolutely. Um, James Pisano has a question. His question is, how do I learn to floss? <laughs> James, uh, our media director, um, he can uh, watch a YouTube video since he loves videos so much. And I know he brings his phone in the shower, so he can bring his silly iPhone in the shower and watch flossing videos. Yeah, I think you're sharing a little bit too much information about one of you know your, your, your cohorts there. TMI. Anyways, he, um, he has he is very happy with the fact that the new iPhones are uh, water resistant. That's very funny. So we have had our, our our fair share of flossing debates in our house as to who can floss and who can't. My our youngest son thinks he's the master of the floss, and he really um, doesn't like it when we do it. And he really hates when his parents do it. So we take every opportunity um, to either troll him by flossing incorrectly on purpose or by doing it and doing it well, and he still critiques us. Um, yep. to the point where when we went to family night at the, the scouting, um, camp out, the parents were on one side doing the floss where the kids were on the other side of a large kind of amphitheater thing. Yep. And we were trying to basically troll them. Um, so take this as your opportunity to embarrass your kid, learn as many dances as you can. They're at an age now, if they're playing Fortnite, they're probably at an age where they're easily embarrassed. I love to do it. I'm actually pretty good at the floss. Except you're, good for my... enough to, you're good enough to make him cry. Right, and he gets really mad. He's like, Mom, your hair's moving. Your whole body's not supposed to move. I'm like, I can't control my hair moving, child. It's very funny. Um, but yes, we take every opportunity with these Fortnite dances to yeah. to embarrass our kids because they embarrassed us for so long. It's kind of nice to get our... That's nice to get them back. Yeah. Um, so, so that's Fortnite. Have we got any other questions from the community? Uh, no, that's all the questions from the community. I, I hope we um, answered them all. If we didn't, um, there is that thread in the community, and we will go in and answer everyone's questions as uh, time goes on. So um, I think that's it. Um, thank you very much, folks, for listening to episode 145 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I do, before we go, I do want to um, have, you know, I, I, I've been doing this recently, but I, I'm just going to do it again. I have one ask, one favor that I'd like all of you to do for me. Um, every one of us listening to this podcast, if we take a moment, can think about one person who we think would love to listen to this show. Um, and what I would love for you to do is reach out um, and bring this podcast to them. Um, share them the link. Have them like the Facebook page. Uh, tell them about what we do. Uh, because if everybody who's listening to this podcast does that, some of them will stick. Um, and that will help just grow our audience. And a bigger audience just means you know more opportunities for us to do cool stuff and share cool stuff with you. So um, I'll do it. Um, if all of you folks will uh, do it along with me. So um, until next time, this is Steven. And this is Jenna. We're signing off. Uh, We hope you have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week to talk about board games, specifically talking about all the cool stuff that got revealed this weekend at Gen Con. Um, And until next time, don't forget to get your family family game on. Can we do it together? Yeah. And until next time, don't forget to get Get your your family family game on. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening.
listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.